to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And we want to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and of course our series Parables and Object Lessons. And if you're looking for a reference on this program, it's program number 21. And uh, before we get going here, as usual, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, thank you again for giving us an opportunity to talk about your ways and your goodness and how you desire to heal us from the things that um, bind us to, um, to the things that will kill us. And so we're just grateful that um, you send your spirit to be with us and just help us to be... Um, just uh, speakers of your word, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, last, last time we talked about the lost son, and before we get into the older brother here, because, you know, the lost son, he comes back, uh, and then we have an issue with the older brother, that which we're going to kind of talk about today. Mm-hmm. But I think the message that comes through in the Bible time after time, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know when you look at Luke 15, is even though God has forgiven us, the things that we do are bad, and 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 we're forgiven for them. There's still history, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And those things that we do, they do brain damage, and that damage needs to be repaired or healed. You know, and that's what you know, twelve step recovery programs do. They help us to do that, or running a close parallel to that are the instructions that are given in the in the Gospels and the writings of a lot of the other Bible writers. Restore the mind. Get right with our brothers whom we've offended or have taken advantage of. Pray for those who persecute us. We do these things and live this way so that we can live with ourselves. And I I think what this parable brings out for the most for me is that God loves me no matter what. I keep trying everything but him, and yet he still loves me. I mean, I can't put another thing between me and him or me and me you know and i just keep trying everything but him so so you we do put things in, in between us and god but there is nothing that he can't break through to still reach us and to reach our heart is that what you're saying because yeah. when you look at the prodigal the prodigal did everything and you look at solomon solomon's history he did everything um, and he tried everything okay but what, I, what i'm what i'm kind of i think where we get tricked mm-hmm is we can see the prodigal. He choked, right? Right. Right. He could list the stuff, and you can go, that's nasty, that's repulsive, right, or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we see that the stuff that we're doing on a daily basis is killing us. Oh, I see what I you're saying. I think our right. ego tricks mm-hmm. us, and you know, every time we judge someone or every right. time we do this or that, that we're doing damage. That it does something to our characters. Yeah, it changes us. <laughs> right. And I think our ego tricks us. Mm-hmm. I really do, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's interesting, you talked about 
you talked about the prodigal trying everything and that Solomon tried everything and, and that, you know, we do, we ask the question, am I ever putting something? Because sometimes it's imperceptible. I can't tell when, until I look back. Mm-hmm. Then I say, man, I've been putting work between me and God. I've been putting my drive to work between me and God. In other words, I, there, there's times I can spend with God on my drive to work. Right. That I choose, I, I choose not to. Mm-hmm. Or you choose something other choose than. Choose something other than, right. yeah, exactly. Right. And and it's it's interesting that we're talking along these lines because I I was listening the other day to a guy talking and and, and he said something really um, um, kind of hit home with me and I thought, you know what, that makes total sense. That the Ten Commandments weren't originally written with an authoritarian spin on them. In other words, that happened in the translation from one language to the next and to the next. All the first commandment is saying, thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's, it's, it's just simply saying that there are consequences for not putting God's fir- God first. We're free to do anything we want. We're not free from the consequences, and that's what it's talking about. Right. We are not free from the consequences of not putting God first. Right. And so in many ways, this parable is really reassuring because it's about God's willingness to, to accept us no matter what we've done. Right. So if there's anybody out there in, in our listening audience that has wandered away from God, like the parable says, or like Isaiah says, return to your father's house. He invites you saying, return unto me for I have redeemed thee. And that's Isaiah 44, 22. And I think that's what I was getting to the point was that, you know what, there is nothing that we have done in our past that God can't come in and as we as we participate with him, he can cleanse our hearts, change our characters. He can heal our minds, but he's not going to force that on us. It's something you know. It's something that we have to desire. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah exactly. And like we were talking, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the older brother here, but I, I got to keep going back to that younger brother. That the picture that Jesus paints mm-hmm. with the father. When he sees the wasted form of his son afar off, and he runs, and he he doesn't he doesn't scold him, he doesn't he goes and he falls on in his neck and he kisses him. Right. This is a picture Jesus is giving us of God, right? To and, and the kid is stinky. He hasn't eaten. He's emaciated. He's you know Filthy. he's just a mess. Mm-hmm. And the father just runs out and says, nobody's going to see my son like this. And I can't get that picture out of my mind that this is what God is trying to tell us mm-hmm. is look at it doesn't matter because you know what? The enemy's plan is, is hide from Jesus until you make yourself better. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's our natural inclination, you know, hide until you're good enough to come. Well, if you wait till then, you're never going to come. Right. You know, and paint when Satan points out your filthy garments repeat repeat that promise of jesus him him that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out and we need to tell ourselves we need to tell the enemy we need to tell anybody that's blocking us from jesus that jesus he is the one that's going to cleanse me you know just like david prayed purge me with hyssop and i shall be clean wash me and i shall be whiter than snow that's psalm 51 7 that that's jesus's part in this whole thing our part is simply to come that's that's you know, and right. And desire to have that healing, and it is. It's amazing to see that picture of the father as he waited. He look. He was looking down the road. It wasn't just by happenstance that he was looking yeah. down the road. God is always looking down the road for those of us who have wandered. 
yeah. desiring us to return. Yeah, it's almost like, can you hear Jesus saying, just arise, go to your father? Right, yes. You know, is yes. he just constantly saying that, but we keep stuffing stuff between right. him and us, well, and I just we can't gotta, hear I just got to get this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. attain this one level at work, or yeah. if I could just get a nicer house or a newer car, or, you know, it doesn't have to be something like we have struggled with so something so drastic as like a drug addiction yeah it can be the daily cares the of the life it could be a marriage it could be children it could be whatever is there the that's next dangly that shiny noise, thing that noise yeah. that that just keeps your mind occupied yeah and you know just that just that can you hear him say that arise go to your father he's saying that constantly right. just he's just pleading with us you know um and he'll 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 wrap you in his arms of love. He he won't. But that's the thing. He won't force you to come back. Remember the lost sheep. The shepherd doesn't drive the sheep home with a whip, does he? No, you know? he, no. He, he, he he'll sometimes pick him up and carry him. And if the sheep's cold, he'll warm him. You, you know, because he realized that realizes the helplessness right. of a sheep. Right. And God knows that. You know, we like like sheep, like have sheep have all, all gone, gone astray. astray. Right. And we and he also knows that a sheep gets lost one bite at a time. Right. You know, I mean, I know for me, I went out a little bit and a little farther and a little farther and a little farther. So I was doing things that I swore I would never do back in high school. Right. I, you know, there's no way I'd ever do that. But you move out one bite at a time, mm-hmm. one bite at a time. The next thing you know, you look around and, and man. It's a rough one. Right. So this kind of reminds me of a quote of a, from a book that I'm reading. It says, um, the very first reaching out of the heart after God is known to him. Never a prayer is offered, however faltering. Never a tear is shed, however secret. Never a sincere desire after God is cherished, however feeble. But the Spirit of God goes forth to meet it. Even before the prayer is uttered or the yearning of the heart made known, Grace from Christ goes forth to meet the grace that is working upon the human soul. Your heavenly Father will take you, will take from you the garments defiled by sin, and the beautiful parabolic prophecy of Zechariah the high priest, Joshua, standing clothed in filthy garments before the angel of the Lord, represents the sinner. And the word is spoken by the Lord, Take away thy filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments, as Zechariah 3, 4, and 5. Even so, God will clothe you with garments of salvation and cover you with the robe of righteousness. That's Isaiah 61, 10. Yeah, that's some, that's some good stuff yeah. right there. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, God, well, Isaiah 62, 5. As the bridegroom re- rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. And you, mm. and you know, and you, can you, okay, the, the two opposite things are happening as that sun comes down there. I know we're supposed to talk about the older brother, but we have, we, I just can't get off of this. So the two, the, the sun is coming down. He's got nothing to offer, man. Right. This guy is right. he bankrupt. Has, he, he had not, not only that, but he's basically, he has less than nothing to yeah, offer. Yeah, he's spiritually he, bankrupt. He's right. all done. He has nothing. Right. And then the father who has everything offered condescends to him. Love constrains him to have pity on his son, come and, and say, you know what? This is my son. See, and, and I think, I mean, this is kind of nuts, but I had a cat. Uh, his name was Mr. We 
talked about him probably in programs past, but this this was my cat, right? Right. And really, I mean, he didn't have anything to offer other than he was my cat. I mean, he was a really cool cat. He slept with me and everything, but he didn't do the dishes. He didn't wash my car. <laughs> you know, he didn't do nothing. He right. just laid around. He didn't bring in a paycheck. And, you know, and if I, I would have to pet him to get him to purr, you know, right. I, but I needed him. Right. You know, and I don't know that we understand that father, he looked down the road. He needed that son. Right. You know, he needed him. So Even we, those kid had nothing to offer at and, that point. And, and I think that that's a beautiful illustration that God, God needs us just as much as, as or even more than what we need him. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that uh, cycle of beneficence. It's the way love right? works. Absolutely. You have, in order for love to happen, there has to be somebody to, to give. S- to, to serve. Absolutely. That's what made Adam complete. Yes. It wasn't, Eve wasn't there to do his dishes. Right. It was, it gave Adam someone to serve, someone That's to love right. and some to make him complete. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. We have a dishwasher anyway, so. We, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we have a dish. I load it, but I never empty it. <laughs> it's just one of those things, and that's kind of a new thing. The yeah, loading. like me yeah. loading it. Yeah. yeah, well, but that's good. I'm, you know, we we we. I think in successful relationships, you find your your strengths and your weaknesses, yeah. and you give and you and you have that helpfulness in the areas that works for everybody, right? When those dishes are clean, and then that. In that dishwasher, that's you avoid a, that it, huh? is a moral dilemma for me. I have no idea, but when they're dirty, I can. I, I don't have a problem loading <laughs> dirty dishes in there. But man, when that sucker's full of clean dishes, I, I, I'm, I turn and run. There's, I don't know what to do. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's because why? Why? Because you don't know where they go. I don't want to put stuff where you know. Yeah, I, it's yeah. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we got our cupboards open to everybody on the absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go back to the parable. Well, as we continue to look at the parable, Jesus introduces another element. And when the prodigal comes home, the elder son was in the field. And as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and he asked what, what, every, what was going on. And he said unto him, thy brother has come and thy father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And he was, and the older brother was angry, and he would not go into the party. Okay, so this guy's got some resentments, doesn't he? Absolutely. And maybe his brother was not a good person, but it doesn't matter. We're all sick, just in different areas, but we're all infected with fear and selfishness, and then we act out in different ways with different symptoms. I I know for me, my emotional problems stem from three categories: either I'm mad, I'm afraid. Or I've done something wrong and I'm guilty and mm-hmm. I incur guilt and shame. Those three areas, that's where my my emotional, you know, if you wanted to categorize them. But in every case, something was threatened. Mm-hmm. My ego. And that'll cause me to get angry. It'll cause me fear and it'll cause shame. What, what, you know, what if someone found out or what, whatever? You know, all these things go through my mind. But the part I want to deal with here, because we can have legitimate if you will if there's i mean resentments someone does something to you i mean most of the resentments that i had i started the ball rolling Mm -hmm. i did something to someone they Mm -hmm. retaliated however even if i tried to manipulate them and get them to do what i wanted them to they sniffed it out and they didn't do what i wanted them to do and then Mm -hmm. they had resentments again you know how it goes anyway but there can come a time when you're totally innocent in something 
and somebody does something to harm you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I want, we, you know, we were talking about this the other night in a meeting, but okay, so someone does something to harm you. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that harm occurs. Yeah. And you go into the other room. Right. Or days later. Days later, weeks later, or every night at two in the morning, you think about that harm. And you replay it. You're angry. It. You replay it with, with a resentment. That's what it means to refeel. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's doing it to you now? Well, you, you are. Yeah, see? So you may be harmed once from someone, but then once you replay it and refeel it, and I guarantee every time I replay and refeel, I get more clean and they get more dirty, mm-hmm. right? Right, the blame grows I, yeah, for them I'm, and you become more innocent. Right, right. And... Uh, you put yourself in prison. Right. Right? Right. And, you know, we've talked about that. So, um, it, like Rich said, I don't think it matters whether or not the harm was done to you was, was your fault or partially your fault or, or not your fault at all. It does take two people, does take two for a prison. Right. You've got to have someone that's going to keep you in prison, the yep. jailer, yep. and then you have a prisoner. Right. And you can be both. Absolutely. You can be both. And it, that's kind of how, you know, I started my life off is that things happened to me that weren't fair. They weren't right. They were damaging. But then that for the next, you know, 25 years yeah. of my life, I you can, kept yourself in jail. Exactly. By reliving those resentments and becoming um, more and more angry and, and um, you know, then my life just continued to spiral out of control all because I was reliving right. this stuff that I didn't have any control over. You know, we talked about it being our history and it was done and over with, but not, it was not present, right. Cause yeah. it was present every day of every my life. Every day. Right. Yeah, and it becomes a piece of who you are. Right. And the sad part about it is, is that that we're just trying to survive. Right. And you can't get it out of right. your head. We're but, not just saying shut the switch no, off. No, but, but but you know what? That is the that is the best way to get free, is to be relieved from all of your resentments. Yeah. To to have forgiveness for other people, forgiveness for yourself, to let things go. And you know the thing is, is that just because you forgive somebody or you let your resentment go, doesn't mean that person's going to get away with anything. Or they got away with anything. Right. You know, when we do things that are wrong, we're damaged people. Yeah. And but but the more we hold on to resentments, the more we're damaging ourselves. Yep. yep. And so many people out there, you know, we you know we struggle with resentments. And I tell you, if if you can get free from from your resentments against people and wanting to have revenge right. and things like that, it, it can free you up to a brand new life. There's yeah, I mean, nothing I th- better. I think about that older the older brother. What mm-hmm. if he would have just treated his younger brother as a sick friend? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then he prayed for him and said, you know, my younger brother's almost as sick as I am. Right. You know, because he can't see because he's so darn busy being right. Exactly. And that's a dangerous place to be. Right. I sin the most when I'm right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Thinking that you understand everything. I understand and, everything right. and it doesn't matter. I'm going to march through your- You know the truth your, gonna, about everything. Yeah, I'm going right. to march through your life like a speedboat and prove to you that I am right. And by mm-hmm. the letter, maybe I have the words right. Maybe I am um, decoding something properly, but it doesn't matter. That right, because, people matter. Right, exactly, because it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> it has everything to do with everybody else that you come in contact yep. with in that speedboat. Yep, in that speedboat. Right, It's a, and I think that that, and you know what, when we, we were talking about resentments, and if anybody 
had the right to resent anybody, it would have been Jesus. Yeah. But he didn't. He no. forgave. He forgave. He healed. He tried to draw people. Yeah. And and that's the that's the the mindset that God I think God wants us to have. You bet. Yeah. See, and and I think the biblical instructions about pray for your enemies, mm-hmm. pray for those that persecute you and hurt you. See, this is this is the lesson that's in this for the older brother. The older brother wasn't on the same page as his father. Right. He wasn't worried about his brother like his father was. He didn't share in that anxiety, if you will. And so he didn't share in the joy when the son came home. In fact, he's jealous. In fact, the celebration is insulting to him because he's not on the same page as the father. He doesn't realize that his younger brother is infected with fear and selfishness and scared and coming home down the driveway. Because secretly, that's exactly what he is struggling with. Yeah. You spot it, you got it? You got it. Yeah, you spot right. it, you got you it. You spot it, you got it. So when the father comes out to oppose him, his pr- the, young, the older brother's pride is revealed, and he dwells upon his own life in his father's house as a round of one-sided service. Yep. Then he places that service in contrast to the favoritism that, is, that the son that just returned is getting. And this makes it so plain that his life has been a life of a ser- servant rather than of, of a son. Yeah, you know, and so that can be it. I mean, when that older brother should have found joy in his father's presence, he didn't. Right. What What's really shown for me was that he, the whole time he's serving his father for the goodies. Right. And when those goodies were threatened mm-hmm. by, the by, the, by the younger back. brother, he wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. See, he clearly shows that, that he, if he'd been in his father's place, he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't run down the road and welcomed him. Right. In fact, he doesn't even acknowledge him as a brother. If you think about it, he says, real coldly, your son. Right, right. N- not my brother, right. your son. Right. Isn't that interesting? Mm, mm-hmm. You know, we've heard people do that, you know, well, your daughter or your yeah. son. Yeah, because right. they disown you kind of with that phrase. Right, right. right. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that the father's character remains true to the older brother as well. He Because he says to him, son... You are always with me, and everything that I have has always been yours. All the years your brother have been gone, you've been with me, and everything I have is yours. He's still pleading with him. Yes, that's what God is saying to us. Just receive it. Your brother was dead, and he's alive, was lost, and is found. Yeah. So God has that same reaction to yeah. the older brother. Yeah, he's still pleading with him. Right. He's trying to convince, look at all that I got you, you know, and and, he, and, and the father knows the older brother's just as sick as the right. younger and one. Right, so, and so, you know, a lot of times we can say, oh, you know, the um, we can see the salvation of a prodigal that comes back, but what? who are we in this parable? Yeah. What part do we yeah, play? Yeah, are we Some, the older or the younger? Sometimes we're the younger For and then both. sometimes we're the older. And I think sometimes the older can have a... a even yeah. more covered condition. Well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's socially acceptable to be the older brother, right? You know? So the, you know, and and, and there it, there's an open ended question: Did the older brother ever see his own mean, ungrateful spirit? Did he ever come to see that even though his brother had done some really bad things, he was still his brother? Did the older brother ever repent of his jealousy and his hard heartedness? Well, concerning this, Jesus was silent, and right. I, and, and and I, you know, I mean, at least you see that. You can see the result of the repentance of the younger. Right. But he leaves it open-end. And, you know, you kind of see that with the Pharisees. Right. And I think he's giving that message to us who are in the church. Yeah. 
saying, you know what, are you receiving those that are out of the church when they want to come back? Are you receiving them the way that the Father in heaven would receive them, or are you jealous? Yeah. And what are we serving God for? The goodies? Right. And are we the chosen? And on and on and on. Right. It's all that stuff that runs through the brain to, so we can bolster our own ego. ego saying, you know, at least I'm not like that person. Right. I do this, this, and this, but at least I'm not like that person. Right. You know? Right. I didn't go that low. I didn't go that low. Right. You know? Boy, this has gone fast. As yes, a this pro, a quick program, yeah. Uh, you know what? You can get a hold of us, www.justasiamministries.com, or give us a call, 916-645-1297, and uh, we have a couple of uh, books we can send out. What is it? Could it be this simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? That's Yes. Yeah. We can send that out, so just give us a call. And we can do that. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.